But Nyanungatin, if like three just showed up at once and just claimed you. And Bane Mali, oh my God. Oh my God. I would, I, I would go down. It's because I'm not, I, I think it's because I. Hello, lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Starring Cupid, the most romantic podcast in Southie where I chop chats about fictional couples. This is, however, excluding couples from books, not because I don't like reading. I'm just an English major that has absolutely zero time for leisure reading. I barely have time for assigned reading. So yeah, ask me about the books I have to write tests on though, and we can get it going, we can get it popping. <laughs> Once again, and always, it is your boy, Zama.x. Nothing more, nothing less. From the East, not the West, Aretha said give me respect and welcome. Welcome, 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 lovers. Um, how are you guys doing? Like, how's your, how's your week been? in the one week difference that we haven't spoken uh thank you for joining us on this a beautiful september day this september morning i know it's a september morning because i was sneezing shout out to any september babies i know we're like on the third day of this thing but shout out shout out special shout out to my mama because it was her birthday like two days ago Special shout out to Zendaya, <laughs> our MJ. It was also her birthday a few days ago, exactly the same day as my mama, but like you know, nothing special, nothing fancy. <laughs> yeah, guys, these are just two very random facts that are really just irrelevant to our episode today. Like, they have been, I really didn't even try to find a link. Because lovers, today is a good day because of three wonderful things. One, I'm covering a musical that I adore. Two, I've invited a guest that I adore. And three, I'm going to be making so many ABBA music related puns, which I adore. Because today's episode, we are looking at the fabulous Donna Sheridan and her men after midnight. Sam Carmichael, Bill Anderson, and Harry Bright from the Broadway smash that is Mamma Mia. Lovers, how can I even describe? I absolutely love Mamma Mia as a movie and just as a musical and then all of it just packed back together it's so it's so 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 good fun backstory stuff about me in primary school circa I'm not gonna say the years (laughs) but yeah in primary school I had a teacher that would play us Abba's entire discography during our art lessons 
which was usually once a week or twice i can't remember really um and i just in those moments in that classroom things changed like i was like huh abba and it, it went hand in hand because one of the days of my primary school life they also showed us mama mia i think in the school assembly hall or maybe it was just like during a library lesson or whatever but i remember watching mama mia at school um which is actually quite confusing because if i remember correctly this movie is rated pg-13 and i was 12 but anyway let's not let's not let's not focus on that let's not mm. i ended up falling in love with both pieces of material because they came into my life or i at least discovered them around the same time in regards to mamma mia the movie and then abba's music on its own and i think finding them out finding them out just discovering them around the same time nourished <laughs> the obsession that i kind of have with it 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 really just influenced me a lot but it's not out it's not outlandish to say because i think mama mia is just fantastic it's a fantastic concept and a production and it's it's great from top to bottom top to bottom granted looking back on this memory when i had to start working on this movie looking back on this memory i realized that this this should have been the sign that i wasn't straight <laughs> like hear me out this should have been my gay wake-up call all those years ago i'm not saying that if you love this movie you're not straight but like i want you to examine it i want you to to think about it for longer than two seconds step step away from the person that you have painted yourself to be i'm sorry and just just think about why you really love this movie we we shall not really be looking at the sequel for hateful reasons that will become much clearer later on but there's also just like too much content to like look at you know what i mean i wanted to specifically focus on the version of donna that we first meet and what what that version says about who she is as a person you know what i'm saying like because donna sheridan is great she really this is one of the top or my personal top um, Meryl Streep performances ever. She hit it out of the park because Donna, she's just so lovely and fun and messy at times. And you know me, and I, I love a leading lady that's complicated. <laughs> and if there's anyone that's complicated, it's Donna. But also, I think she's complex. Because if you think about it, all of these men these exes fell in love with her for a reason she just wasn't it's not just her putting it down but there's something else about her and i am so happy to talk about this today and to unpack all of this today with y'all and i couldn't have done it alone to unpack all of this mess 
and do it alongside me today. I've invited back a guest who is equally, if not more, in love with this movie than I am. We've got the always lovely Lulu from Luluology in the Starring Cupid studio today. If any of you are gracious enough, blessed enough to be following um, both Lulu and I on, we mostly do it on Twitter. I, I don't think we've done it on Instagram, but the night is young. Um, yeah, you've probably seen one of us or the both of us standing really hard for ABBA or quoting the music, singing the songs, or just in general, singing their general praises. Lulu will sometimes even, she goes as far as to serenade me in voice notes. Like that's how, that's how you know it's deep, this thing. So I could not have done this with anyone else. I don't know a better person to do this with because it, it was fun. You guys are going to get to it, but it, it was so much fun. It's a jam-packed episode, so I'm not going to drag my feet any longer. We are going to get into the makings of this production. So prepare for jokes, prepare for singing, prepare for Donna and the dad. This movie was directed by Belinda, I'm so sorry, Lloyd in 2008. Miss Lloyd is responsible for movies such as The Iron Lady herself and at least two different live performances of Willie Shakes plays. I think it was Macbeth and if not Romeo and Juliet next one. I'm so sorry. I should have written this down. But yes, um, love her, love her work. The sequel for this movie got a different director, and I have nothing to back this opinion. So it's literally opinion coming straight from my neck. But I believe that director change may have contributed to the second movie's demise. I mean, Lloyd was still part of the team. I think she joined as a producer instead this time. And then they also employed the wonderful and the great Richard Curtis to jump into the writer's room. And that should have been the recipe for success. And yet, <laughs> we, 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 mm, I'm not even gonna talk about it, but like, I just, I just want you to understand that something changed for the worst i won't rest all the blame on lloyd though she's still there but i won't i won't do that just because i don't i don't want to blame women she did a fantastic job though on the first one and i like that she has a background in directing plays because i feel even though it's so ridiculous, even though it's kind of made a spectacle with all the singing and what's and whatnot, I do feel like the story reads like a Greek tragedy kind of story that was like in, uh, intended for the stage. And I know it was technically intended for the stage because it's Broadway. 
actually i think most movies based on broadway musical musicals read like a great tragedy most times but regardless it it put it came through that element of this was a stage production we came through and so i must say well done the screenplay and music book for this was handled by Katherine johnson she is responsible for projects such as love in the 21st century linda green love hurts and of course the sequel to mama mia that is she did the damn thing okay like she she worked hard this this film is both entertaining and ridiculously funny like i i don't know how but the way that the drama unfolds it's serious but at the same time there are just so many jokes and so many punchlines it's 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 a really funny it's it's a real romantic comedy musical like each element of those genres was not lost in the story like it all those things are there are present so um yes we're going to be fair and forget what she did in the sequel because i guess if i get back and i cannot fault her but yeah she was definitely spitting in the first one so bless danko means gracias i guess the plot of this film, if you didn't know this now, you know, was actually based on a musical called, well, not, sorry, not a musical. It's more like just a TV movie, but that's just because it was made in the 60s. It was called Good Evening, Miss Campbell. Lovers, I implore you, if you have the time, you could even like pause this and do it. Please Google this the title of this movie and i want you to read the synopsis it it's hilarious like i read it and i was like i immediately want to see how this unfolds it sounds so funny it makes what donna did in mama mia look like mild source in comparison so <laughs> great source material now i must i have to I must discuss the music because one it's a huge part of the story duh but also we have two musical industry legends on this project we have Benny Anderson and Bjorn Alvarez I'm so sorry to Swedish people for that if you do not recognize their names I will shine a light because these two are one half of the iconic group that we know as ABBA. Fun fact, there are four members in the group, including Benny and Bjorn, and then there's Agnetha and Annie Frid, who did most of the vocal work in, in the group. Fun fact, at some point in time, all the members of ABBA were married to one another. I'm realizing now that the way that I'm explaining that doesn't really make sense. Um, basically, Annie Fred was married to Benny, and then Agnetha was married to Bjorn. But I think somewhere around the late 70s, maybe early 80s, 
they all got divorced separately of course but it's not like it was a group effort but yeah i just thought that was such a cool thing when i was growing up i was like oh my gosh it's irrelevant to any point that i'm about to make but i, th- I thought you should know i was i was music is literally both the soundtrack and the score for this and it works just so well so well and it was great to have them um anderson and alveas it was great to have them on board for this personally working on curating their music to fit what's happening the action that's happening all that they it was amazing work i watched a lot of behind the scenes videos from this film and one of the things I've seen is Anderson and Alvarez, they were being asked about the music and stuff. And they, it was them speaking about how doing the music for this made them feel. If I remember correctly, I think they were excited that people still love these these old... Because like ABBA's, ABBA was popular in the 70s. But I don't think they peaked in the 70s. They were making music for a very long time. But... They were just expressing how it's great that people still love these records as much as they love to perform them for people and that was cute you you feel you feel like they had a good time doing this and you can see the joy it brought them to use their music for this for this film this, it actually mama mia feels like just music appreciation for their work as artists and they were able to use it for another function to tell a different story maybe different to the stories that were behind the original meanings of the songs and that's great i'm i'm speaking so highly and so much about the music right now but they will be more in the lex segment for now rest assured that i was in love with it undo the cost Three men, one woman. Sounds like the title of something. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's one love to stick together. Leading us through this love square. Is it still a square or a triangle? I can't remember. But anyway, leading us through it all, we have the wonderful, the talented, leading lady that is Meryl Streep as Donna Sheridan. We all know Streep because how can you not? <laughs> she's she's literally in a lot of things. She's been in films like Death Becomes Her, The Post, Devil Was Prada, Julie and Julia, Florence Foster Jenkins, and a ridiculous amount of projects more. She's been booked and busy for as long as I've like she's really just been popping since I was born it's safe to say that this lady is an icon I feel like she she did a lot of wonderful things with Donna she was she was the much needed life that a character like Donna needed and I can't imagine anyone else doing it like her or even just just Donna I can't imagine I'm so glad they didn't recast her but it irritates me that she wasn't in it so um yes starting us off 
on the father figure's side of the story, we have a former Bond boy. It is none other than Pierce Brosnan as Sam Carmichael. I'm not even gonna list his credentials because honestly, I don't care, you don't care. You already know that he was once a James Bond person. And I wanna discuss how this man was kind of like the face of the silver fox thing at some point in Hollywood. He just, mm. he's in a Edgar Wright movie called World's End, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, World's End. And he's, he's there for a short time. I, I would say that he's there for maybe 10 minutes of screen time. And he was just breathtakingly hot for all of those 10 minutes on screen. I just, <laughs> I don't like him. But I'm not going to pretend like he isn't handsome. You know what I'm saying? Because damn. Damn. Potential daddy number two. We have the wonderful Stellan Skarsgård as Bill Anderson. You know Skarsgård. He is in productions such as Pirates of the Caribbean, the franchise, Angels and Demons, Chernobyl, the Thor franchise, and just many many more things he's great i think he's great um i like it when actors get to do stuff as carefree or as no yeah carefree is the word i can't think of something else as carefree as rom-coms and you can you can tell that skarsgård was just he was built for this role he was built to be a fun-loving, almost immature adult, sailor slash writer person. This fit him so well. Love that for him. Can't sing for shit, but like, I mean, who can? Which brings us to daddy number three. Last but never least in my heart, it is Colin Firth as Harry Bright. Is Colin a sir? Is he knighted? I really should have checked this before. Oh well. My apologies if he is knighted and I didn't say it properly. Firth is known for his work in The King's Speech, Love Actually, Bridget Jones' Diary, 1917, Nanny McPhee, and much, much more. Listen, lovers, I'm going to level with you. I have nothing negative to say about this man. I love him. I think I think he's wonderful. I think he's great. His, his rom-com roles are some of my favorite because he's just awkwardly funny. Like, he's very, very funny. Not in the way that people try to express humor and stuff. He's awkwardly funny and I fucks with that a lot. Heavy. Honorable mentions. We've got a talented crew over here. Lots of lots of just talented, talented people. First, I must acknowledge the lady who made the movie possible in terms of its plot. That is not like she funded the whole thing. We have Amanda Seyfried as Sophie Sheridan. Sophie's reckless actions gave us drama they literally gave us the plot of this film 
but I'm gonna put that aside to say that as Amanda Seyfried killed it she did a wonderful job um, wow singing like that fantastic love her mm. then we have to shout out the ultimate best friend duo that is Christine Borensky as Tanya and Dame Julie Walters as Rosie the dynamos if I'm ever going to go through shit I would love to have Rosie and Tanya around because wow what a supportive friendship group I mean the singing helped but wow what a supportive friendship they gave us wonderful scenes wonderful moments wonderful jokes throughout um, their performances in the songs was just a level above the rest in terms of just execution and just physical comedy and funny I love them I don't know how more I can say it. I also feel like they carried the sequel for me if it weren't for even their young counterparts felt like they were carrying it for me but he didn't hear he didn't hear it from me I just just know that I love them I love them special mention to Dominic Cooper as Skye who is Sophie's very cute very lovely fiance I loved him I loved him in this it made me it, it made me think things that's all I will say plot if you have never seen this film I must apologize because you are missing out Mi missing out this this was the greatest thing I'd ever seen at the age that I watched it if you have not experienced that feeling then I'm truly sorry so sorry i recommend you watch it as soon as you can immediately even you know just do it and then after that straight after you do that i want you to devour the abbott discography and then maybe watch the movie again trust me it enhances the experience i can't explain why maybe it's the overload of media but it just makes everything full circle moment. It's lovely. Do it. If you have seen it and you need to recall what happens. I get it. It's been a very long time since it came out. I, I come bearing the short version of events. I have to, mm, to drink water. Okay. A bride-to-be goes on a secret mission to find her biological father's days before her wedding. Trouble and confusion follow as all three possible candidates, ghosts of her mother's past, accept the invitation. And that is why it's called Mamma Mia, because there's the Abazon Mamma Mia, but also just like the popular phrase in Italian referring to a big problem or a fiasco. Random quite a fun fact for all the Saudi lovers. In the TKZ song, they're singing about a fiasco, which is actually French for a complete failure. But what they mean is a fiesta, which is Spanish for party. The more you know. 
of course there shall be spoilers ahead i couldn't avoid it if i tried because it's the story's thick and we need to get through all of it and sing some songs so sorry spoilers <laughs> anyway i i admire donna for deciding that she won't seek closure or more answers or anything like that or more heartbreak for herself she decided that she was going to protect her heart from all of this and i cannot fault her for that wonderful decision some summer romances aren't meant to be revisited anyway alas they are and it brings her to a wonderful conclusion and possibly a stronger relationship with her daughter at what cost am i dead but we're here now so i'm super excited for you to hear lulu and i delve into this we we had far too much fun doing this i i laughed for half of it and i'm, I'm sorry what, what can i say and uh, you know voulez-vous here we go again it is donna and the daddies Hello. Hi, Bestie. Hi, Bestie. <laughs> hey, Bestie. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you today, Miss Patricia? Mm. Mm. Don't ask. Don't don't ask me that. 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 What's that video of Lotata? It's a Conanto Evil. There's something evil about it. It's called Conanto Kosagelenga. It's called Pandiamba. Diamba. We there's words to describe loving something. I don't know what word could possibly encapsulate how we both feel about Mama Mia, but I'm not going to speak on your behalf. <laughs> Please let the people know why does Lulu love this movie? Well, probably because I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills <laughs> I have to pay. <laughs> and still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. And you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Because in my dreams, I have a plan. If I find me a wealthy man. (laughs) But I don't know. I think the movie is just pure, like, first of all, I love a good musical. I'm a big musical fan. I love musicals just in general. Um, But there's something about Mamma Mia that's like, this both like reminds me of my childhood. And also, mm-hmm. it's just a really good movie. Like, it's not only nostalgia keeping me down. It's just Meryl Streep. Meryl you know Streep. I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know? Um, amazing music. Um, mm. And also, it's just so oddly romantic. And the thing is, romance isn't the the, the the focus, but somehow it's still like the one of the most romantic movies I know. Mm. So, yeah, also, maybe it's because I'm not that, that. 
<laughs> but Nyanungatin, if like three just showed up at once and just claimed you. And Bane Mali, oh my god. Oh my god. I would I, I would go down. It's because I'm not, I, I think it's because I'm not. But let's oh. not get distracted, child. Let's not be real, but it's the same sentiment. This is this is a movie. It has that fantasy that we love. It has just enough mm-hmm. romance. Like, they're not fighting over Donna, but it's the idea that there's these three men on the planet where she rocked their world so much so that 20 years later, they were like, damn, I need to see how she's doing. The way she rocks their world, nah, they, oh. they get on a boat to come see her. <laughs> they get on a boat. Rocks. They meet a stranger at the pier and they're like, you know what? As long as I see Donna, I'm going to get on it. And then on top of that, like when we look at the dumpster fire that is Mama Mia, see just mm-hmm. how much impact she had on them in their youth. And I'm just like, mm. 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 She had that milkshake. <laughs> I got to very broke. She had something. She has something I wish I had. Mm. Mm. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it, child. Which brings me to my second question. Um, as we've both said, Donna was a bit of a hot girl. Like all of this is the result of a good hot girl summer that she had one time. And it didn't end too well for her, but she ended up with a child out of it and a hotel in her name. Life life panned out, as one can say. But the consequences of this hot girl summer, they don't they don't fade immediately. So yes. Um Donna, she has a lot of unresolved I want to say tension and drama with Sam because of how things ended. Mm. But he redeems himself, I guess, with too. But do you think that Donna should have taken a chance on him earlier? I'm so sorry to everyone listening. Mm. That if she changed her mind, oh. he wasn't <laughs> going to be the first in line. And if he wasn't free, she couldn't take it. Because he was engaged, technically. He was engaged. And by the time he came back, um, he he he's the reason get to take a chance on him again. Like by the time he came back, he assumed the worst and left. Not even like a conversation, like not even a hey can just vibes. He he really I, I think Sam just he wasn't doing enough for me as like a lead and also like if you really mm-hmm. if you really wanted Donna man you could have done way more than this. Bro, you weren't just gonna like you weren't willing to go fight whoever you thought she was dating. You weren't willing n- <laughs> nothing. Like bro, I shake my hands. She's for the streets now. You left as an engaged man. If anyone for the streets, <laughs> you my boy. <laughs> you, my boy. 
And it's funny because, yeah. No, sorry. I was gonna say. Let me tell you something because the suit were gonna blind him that night if I caught him, <laughs> and he had been like, oh, okay. He was gonna be sick and, every, and tired of everything by the time I punched his ass out of Glasgow. Yeah. How do you sleep with me as an engaged man? I'll slap you. <laughs> Why don't you bring it up? Like they had so many dates. If we're using Mama Mia 2 as evidence, they had so many dates, they had so much time for it to come up in conversation. Like, I'm so sorry, but Sam is a villain. which is really ironic because i remember in in the movie it feels like okay donna has her reasons for being skeptical about the whole marriage thing with sophia and sky but like he just Mm. showed up and he was telling her you're wasting your youth but i was like what you guys are being Hello, hypocritical. It feels very, it feels like you all are projecting on this young love when you 20 years ago couldn't say yes. Villain, you hear me? <laughs> Straight villain behavior. Because <laughs> in what world do you show up to someone who's waiting you don't know mm. and be like, you shouldn't be getting married, you're too young? I mean, Sophie was a bit too young. As we saw in Mama Mia too, they probably weren't ready for marriage, like the way they were acting and whatnot. But like who else to say? Like, especially Donna and Sam, like who are they to say? Nah, and also Sam, hmm, my boy, you were supposed to get married and you ducked out on that young lady. Okay. <laughs> Don't speak about marriage, you know nothing. Mm, mm, mm. He went on a trip, cheated on his fiance, came back, dumped her, went back, didn't get the girl he dumped her for. Is he okay? Like, what's wrong with that young man? It's yeah? giving you the energy, if anything. Like, wow, are you okay? Are you all right? Young sir, you disappeared <laughs> and never came back. I'm just hoping, I'm just happy Sophie's not his. Big, oh, listen. Perfect, perfect segue into the next. <laughs> because enough about Sam, scumbag that he is. <laughs> we move on to our next silly summer. <laughs> next, I want to say bachelor because it, she was really our, going through them. Our next dot. Dot, dot. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have this wonderful Swedish Bill. Bill, yeah. He's he's a character. What I love uh-huh. about Bill is just everything about him. He's so unprepared for fatherhood and just like everything it entails. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else in the group, I want to say the group, they were very like clear about where they stand on fatherhood. Like Carrie says that he would have loved to have a daughter and Sam already has kids of his own and he seems to enjoy it. And then you get Bill, like, you know, during the bachelorette party when they discover the boys are there and then the boys just join, end up joining them. Mm-hmm. 
And Bill, and there's a scene where Bill is dancing on a table and Sophie stands next to him. I, I don't know what they were, to, oh, they were talking about her name and it's when he, when Bill was starting to connect the dots and she, yeah. he asked, he asked Sophie how old she is and she said it and he literally, I wish I could take a screen grab of the moment. He cringes because he's doing the mental maths and he's realizing he? that. I'm 20. Oh. <laughs> he literally freezes and he goes, Ugh! and then he's like, um, can you excuse me? It's like he's going to go throw up in a, in a bin because fatherhood. Yeah, I'm 20. Oh. <laughs> That's actually a sound on TikTok and I think a lot of people don't know where it's from. <laughs> It happens like that on TikTok. Like people will use the saddest or maybe like the most gut wrenching um, movie audio for the funniest things. No, do you know there's this sound that's like, no, no, no I'm panicking. Don't panic. No, because I'm gonna. Oh, oh, the original video. That's from To Catch a Predator. <laughs> I watched, I remember I recently watched almost, a, I watched enough of the full video to even get to that part. But like, they, they were asking him questions about what he thought was going to happen. And I'm like, oh my God, this is actually so scary. But that I'm panicking thing is so funny. No, no, I'm panicking. No, don't panic. No, because I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> oh, yes. Bill. Bill. Yeah. He wasn't ready. Shame. If 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 the theories and the hints that they throw at us in both movies, if they're anything to go by, I don't think he was ready to be the actual baby father. But how do you think the story would have been different if the tables had indeed turned and Bill was the only father? I don't think him and Rosie would have ended up together, which makes me sad because Rosie really, really liked him. So dirty in both movies, trying to make her look desperate and like ugly and whatnot. But I don't think Don and Bill would have worked out. They're both too spontaneous, too out there, too like, too unstable. And I feel like, Sophie would have had a much different type of uh, childhood if Bill was there and we weren't going to get the slipping through my fingers moment where like we see what they went through alone as like mother and daughter. So I feel like if Bill had been there it would have been a much shorter movie. (laughs) (laughs) Way less singing. Granted, way shorter movie. Um, But I feel like nah. She um. I feel like the best thing they did was Donna did well by spreading her devotion. You mm. know what I mean? And not laying all her love on him. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I missed it at first. And then I was like, oh wait, she's she's doing it. She's doing it. Okay. okay. I'm taking it there. I'm taking it there. <laughs> love that. Love that. <laughs> and I just think Bill is just a bit too mm, do you know what I mean like yes. even Carrie would have been a better dad 
Harry would have been a splendid father, and I think it kind of made me sad in that in that one moment where he's talking to Sophie, and he's kind of like he wishes he had Umdana. Like you can see it in the way he speaks, and he even said, I think he said, if if I had a daughter, I would have spoiled her rotten. And I'm just like, oh yes. Yeah. Do you want to? I can be there? Give me a chance. Give me a chance. We can go walking. We can go dancing. Listen to some music as long as we together. Oof. So reaffirming. So, oh my gosh. Um. But I think I also hate the fact that, like, at the end, like, at the very end, they try to, like, queer bait us a little bit. Like, Harry's gay, but no, but gay, but no, but gay. And I'm like, is he gay or not? They gave us a a whole sequel, and they didn't add on to it. Not even, like, old Harry got gay moments. He just, they they actually turned it into a joke in the sequel, which is, I think, part of the reason why I hate the sequel. And I'm like, no, because... I'm not a gay. I'm not a gay judge, right? But that man was on tables singing and dancing for this young woman, right? Telling her that this is Waterloo, right? (laughs) I think my young man was at least bisexual. At least, and like, let's say he's bisexual with like a, a, a. and lean towards men. Why wouldn't you explore that? There were so many hot men on that island. Listen, when they're singing, does your mother know? And they're all on that beach. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I can't wait to have my does your mother know moment. I'm not saying I'm going to be a cougar, obviously. Um, I don't plan on making it to cougar age, but... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sorry, I'm too funny not to slip in there. Um, <laughs> but the thought of mm. being a Tanya and, like, living my best life and just being mm-hmm. hot, be just amazing. Mm. Why wouldn't they give to get some of those nice young looking men that were on the beach mm. just just swinging their hips and oh my god I, I think the proper question is why do the writers hate Harry because he's gay mm. oh god I also feel like Okay, fine, yeah, he's gay and he can never be with Donna again, whatever, fine. But it feels like they minimized the impact that Donna had on his life or like what she meant to him because he Mm. even expresses that this is a woman that I loved very much and she still means a lot to me. Like just because of this revelation in inverted commas, like why does the power or maybe like the sincerity of their relationship change? Because now in the sequel... It's like, oh, Harry, I'm eager. But he has only good memories of his time. So, literally, yeah. They did him so dirty because, firstly, they had that. She wouldn't have made it through Paris for Harry. Let's start their bags. Mm. Right. Mm. 
Secondly, she has this great memory of them dancing and having fun in the restaurant and traveling through Paris. And then she takes this young man's virginity, God bless, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then this young man is willing to leave Paris. Are you happy to be in Paris? Leave Paris. <laughs> right? He gets to the to the deport, he gets to the boat place, and she's mm-hmm. sitting there with motherfucking Bill. Mm. Okay. Young hot Bill. And he has a whole moment where he's just crying and wanting to die inside. Because why did it have to be him? Yes, we do we are players, but why did it have to be me? And these niggas wanna say, no, mm-hmm. Donna didn't like him. Donna liked that young man. Donna liked that. She lay in bed with him afterwards. She left Bill after sex. She stayed with that young man in bed. They slept together. They covered. Y'all wrong for that. Y'all evil for that. Y'all just hate gay people. I want to fight you. And this is such a gay-loved movie, so I don't understand why, once again, we are on the outskirts of a movie that we are probably supporting the most. Rosie ain't even a, li- a little gay, bruh. <laughs> With that haircut, not even a little. Bruh. She was wearing cargo shorts when she got there, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "Oh yeah, she gay." And then mm. they made her this pathetic, pining character <laughs> of the bull wanting her friends leftovers, and I'm like, "Nah, just because she's fat, don't mean she ugly." I don't like what y'all. Do. She's not even fat. Hey, oh my god. I I I completely understand her fixation on young Bill because let's take a moment to young Bill, hey, like minus the bleached eyebrows. Sheesh. Mm, what a nice oh god. god. God knows I God knows I would. Sorry to my friends, but if you're not paying attention to like a four-looking man in your life. You better watch out. <laughs> let me take him. Let me take him off your hands for you. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me make some space on your plate for you. I'm helping a girl out, if anything. But they also make it seem like Bill is settling in Mamma Mia Two, where he eventually starts like wanting her back properly. Like yes, in Mamma Mia One, we get to see her like chasing after him and in Mamma Mia 2 we get to see him chasing after her but like he was literally running away from her during the Take a Chance on Me song so I'm like wait are they trying to make it seem like she's chasing Bill and Bill wants nothing to do with her yes because they needed to have someone be the butt of the joke and for some reason it had to be Rosie that young woman is hot as hell oh my god I don't discriminate Mm. Young or old, I got space for you in my life. Come on, let's talk about it. Oh my god, what's wrong? I can be a shoulder to cry on. Uh, oh, come on, come on, love my little chicky tea. <laughs> like, no, come on now. Come on, I want us to do more for, for fat best friend characters in the future in, in yes. everything, serious movies, gong. <laughs> Like I want, I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea that fat women are not pursued 
by Hotman. Have you ever seen, bruh? I have never met, like, every fat woman has the story about being chased by, like, a gym bro. Like, a really hot gym bro for no reason. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's the same with, like, Christians just going after people that aren't. They're all on this conversion tip, and it's like, dude, you can't change me. Yeah, because they're like, they're like, yo, babe, let's go to the gym. Sir, it is Saturday. <laughs> There's no gym on Saturday. M. But then also, oh goodness, I feel like I'm going off on a tangent. Can I go off on a tangent? Child, it's my podcast. I make the decisions. Go off on a tangent. Okay, so listen. <clears throat> there will always be this idea that men who fit the male beauty standard and the beauty standard in general don't go after women that men who don't fit the standard find attractive. So firstly, men who consider themselves to be less attractive don't will never chase after fat or women they find undesirable because they need to make up for being undesirable not having money by dating beautiful women men who have all these things that make them the quote-unquote alpha male or the men that other men look up to date whoever they want nothing to make up for and that is why you will find these men dating like fat women dating women who other people find undesirable because they don't give a fuck they don't need to get this outside uh, validation from other men through the woman they date and then you'll find these men these gym like sculpted by the gods men chasing fat women not wanting to change them just liking them and people will be like what the fuck and i'll be like because he doesn't have anything to prove to anyone so he can date anyone he wants men live to impress other men Unless they have men with, because I mean, they're all perfect. Of a sudden, you have to have the hottest girl on your arm, because it, it has to be validated by your homies. And then you have to ask yourself, as in daughter, who are you dating here? Who who are you in a relationship with? If you're men, dating, so I look good to other people for you. Men will get so angry when they see their homeboys spend money on their girlfriends. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> Men will be call like, oh, whipped. You're so whipped. Like, what? Do you want him to spend the money on you? Relax, young man. <laughs> men only do things for other men unless those men mm-hmm. are the men that the other men are trying to impress. Which is why I hate this idea that, like, oh, women set this unlike this unreachable beauty standard for men. I have a crush on Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> I want Matthew Grey Gubler to ruin my my intestines. There are entire fandoms dedicated to the attraction to Benedict Cumberbatch. You guys have to stop lying about it. It's us setting the unrealistic beauty standards. What a, you just want to impress other men. Like, so <sighs> has less. Like, dare, dare tell a man that um women are more attracted to, to Loki than they are to Thor. But no, Thor is perfect. Thor has muscles. And I'll be like, exactly. Loki, on the other hand, has been falling for 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> and his hair is so nice and long. like. But it's so greasy. Oh my God. Take a shower, young man. You can take a shower with me. <laughs> but they don't have shampoo on Asgard? <laughs> no, they <laughs> wash their hair with goat's milk. Like, no, but please look at Thor and Loki's hair. What a mess. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank God for that haircut. 
they may not have shampoo. Got shampoo on this ass. Do you want to go? Okay, I'm going sorry to rain us in because we have gone far. But I hear, I love your points. I hear your points. And this is ironically a perfect segue into the last point because <laughs> I feel like we haven't spoken enough about my girl Dana. Like, as who she could be. See her, we, I know Mama Mia is all about her having sex with three people and now it's a big deal. But Donna mm-hmm. Sheridan, queen. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how Donna, throughout this whole emotional turmoil and distress, Donna always protected her feelings. She made sure that her heart was guarded at any mm-hmm. given time. She didn't take no nonsense from niggas. Like, she she was a hot girl, but she, made sh- she would try to make sure that that stuff never affected her emotionally. Mm-hmm. Sophie, who who reminded me of Lara Jean's little sister in the movies when she mailed out all those love letters, which is no essentially what Sophie <laughs> which behavior putting man <laughs> which which behavior having a crush is so embarrassing on its own guys the fact that now they have a picture of exactly how I feel about them in written form. I'd have to, I'd have to punch a, a fourteen-year-old kid. I wouldn't have a sister. <laughs> I wouldn't have a sister. Imagine no. now someone takes all the things I feel for my young man Tom Hiddleston and tells him, "Oh my God, and <laughs> crawl into my body." I go, oh, no. And I never even have to see them. My, my very own sister's ex-boyfriend, you are telling him I liked him. Oh, my God. You hate me. You hate me. And that's exactly how I feel about Sophie. Like, I love the girl. I, we, I, we understand that her heart was po- possibly in the right place. But I do feel like she brought Donna stress from the past that she didn't even need to acknowledge she didn't need to deal with right right then and there especially during such a stressful time already it was just Sophie did a lot but Sophie's ungrateful yes (laughs) we can we can argue that because like life was good I'm not saying, okay, fine, maybe she had emotional problems that I'll never, we'll never know because the movie doesn't focus focus on it. But life was good. Like, maybe Donna wasn't telling you who he was for a good reason. Your mom raised you for 20 years. You want some man you've never met to walk you down the aisle? Is it? What is it? Are you just? <laughs> Are you there, Jazz? Come on. Man. My question to you super trooper is <laughs> after all this confusion all this stress all this emotional turmoil that donna goes through do you think it was important for her to face all these relationships <clears throat> well very rarely do i say this mm-hmm. but 
Donna's love, Donna's first love, like first love, but a love mm. was Sam. And if not for Sophie's nosy, ungrateful, snotty <laughs> nosed ass, mm. this that would not have happened. She would not have been able to reconnect with Sam because I think Sam thinks Donna hates him and she's for the streets and Donna probably thinks he's married. Which is why mm. we get that, like, the winner takes it all moment where we see that Donna was, like, actually really hurt by what Sam did and she still cared for him. Loved him, even. She didn't Listen, feel that way about Harry or Bill. Her voice cracks when she's like, I don't want to talk. I was like, yes, girl, I hear you. I don't, don't want to talk. talk. Don't, don't, don't do that. And we also see how heartbroken like, Sam is after the funeral. <laughs> like, that he still loves Donna and he still loves Bella Donna and he's there and he's single because I would have shot him if he wasn't. Okay. Mm. I know we say you can find love after death. No, you can't. <laughs> Especially if you're thinking that I was like the love of your life. Like it feels like Sam waited 20 years for her. And I think he does say that he waited all this time. Okay. So we had 20 years apart where you even got with another woman, got married, had children with her, had a divorce. I never did that to you. I raised mm. my child alone. Mm. Yeah. So you owe me 20 years of singleness. <laughs> Be something you'll be dead by the time you're 20 years old. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Mm. But she needed to face those relationships. I mean, we don't really see a lot of interaction between Harry and Bill in terms of like what unresolved emotions they were and I don't think Harry gets any any comfort from knowing like why did you leave me like that why why wasn't I important like that was a very important moment in my life for me why did you not like talk to me afterwards and keep me in the loop like I'm not saying I'm not saying if you sleep with like if you take someone's quote-unquote virginity and you don't take it like if someone if you and if you and someone have sex right yes and it's your first time and the concept of virginity matters to you like that person should also have some respect for that yes and i feel like donna didn't like harry was done dirty um bill was an asshole so i don't really care about him i don't um, think he cared about his relationship with donna that much i think he was like oh yeah she was like the best sex i've had in a long time yeah. i'm here to see if she down and then I guess he realized that she wasn't and then he was like well then I'm here for a wedding yeah you know like when he realized that she wasn't the one who called him he was like oh well, this is gonna be fun and here he was like oh my goodness um I don't want to see this girl she's gonna oh my god oh my god and then Sam was like damn she hurt she hates me so out of all these relationships I feel like Harry had the most traumatic relationship with Donna and we should have focused on that more but mm. because Donna is our main character she had the most traumatic relationship with Sam and that needed to be resolved because they needed to be together also because Sam's hot he's a good I would fuck him <laughs> oh, okay okay I'm not gonna say no because it's true <laughs> he was like James Bond at some point he literally he he's handsome. He is, and that accent. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's giving me southern, but not, but like southern comfort. Yes, that's what it's giving. Why's my back arching? Oh my god! Mm. 
Harry just reminds me of dad throughout. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's because like I've always seen like every movie I've watched him in, even Bridget Jones, I've just seen him yeah. as a father figure. Oh, he's such a lovable ball of cuteness. I think and love him. I don't wanna fuck him, but that's okay too. Yes, we're allowed not to want to fuck men who are older mm. than us and are hot because and not all men attract us <laughs> anyway. And then and that could actually be the tagline of this movie is daddy issues. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, no, because Sophie had them. I don't know why. Um, probably because her dad. Like, also, like, she had surrounding community that I feel like, okay, going off on a tangent, and I know we're supposed to be ending, but I feel like it's a very Western concept that not having a, a paternal father means that you don't have any fatherly figures. And I feel like we're, oh, we're really lost in this thought that you need like a, a biological father to have a father. No, you. she mm-hmm. had uncles. She had that guy who sang Kisses of Fire, burning, burning. He loved her. She yeah. had that whole family. So she had so many male authority figures who loved her like a daughter that I don't think it was necessarily necessary for her to go out looking for this man who gave his sperm 20 years ago. And she also, like, it doesn't affect her relationships because from what we see in the first movie and even in, a bit in the second one, Sky is lovely. Like, Sky, oh my God, Sky is a perfect fiance, actually. Sky is amazing. So Sky could sky up into me, girl. Like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we all we all bring it on home. Thank you so 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 much for the music, the songs that I am singing. Yes. Thank you for your love, the joy that you are bringing, and mm. thank you for being on the podcast, my faith. <laughs> Oh, you! Oh my God! Why did you have to do me like that? Because next thing I know, I'ma just be saying, "The winner takes it all." The loser has. Okay, but I have to go, and let me tell you why I have to go. Mm. A few minutes ago, I kissed the teacher. You should have seen the shock <laughs> on her face when I kissed the teacher. Oh yeah, stop. And you know what? <laughs> That's okay because that's the name of the game. Doesn't oh, mean anything to you. You know what, Chikitita? I'm gonna have to hit the road because <laughs> I can't keep it straight. Because <laughs> my mother doesn't know I'm here, actually. Um, and <laughs> I'm too young to be searching for this kind of fun. Um. <laughs> tears, mama mia, tears in my eyes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I always love being on Star and Cupid. Um, you should have me on more often, actually. Listen, one thing about me, I will repeat guests. I don't care. <laughs>
<laughs> when a season five, season six, I will keep it flowing. <laughs> keep it flowing like the water. The water. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Likes and dislikes time. I tried to make this go to the sound of a song and then I blanked. <clears throat> anyway, I'm not gonna do that all. Now, Yazi, I love the music. Absolutely, hands down, love the music. Shout out again to my grade six teacher for putting me on because really guys, when we're talking about excellence, ABBA, Swedish excellence, their, their best export since, I don't know, but just, they're wonderful. They're national treasures, they're international stars. Hits only. I, mm, I don't know a single person that has heard their music and not liked it. Cause look at the look at the the possible options. Dancing Queen, slipping through my fingers, Angel Eyes, knowing me and knowing you, name of the game, gimme, 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 a damn man after midnight. I could go on for hours and hours about their work and I won't because I'm running out of time. But they were just wonderful. They were really just mm. outside of this movie. Their music just bangs. I also love the soundtrack so much because it feels like the song placement is just perfect, just proper chef's kids perfect. I know that um, Anderson and Elvis worked really hard on fitting in the right songs here and there and where they fit in the story. I don't even know who was in charge of it back when it was just a Broadway musical. But they they worked really hard because they have to, at the end of the day, at the end of the song, maintain a story that we're all here to watch or like follow a story. And the story always matters, I guess. And yet, this music, the song placement and everything, it never felt forced, it never felt inappropriate. It was just always just, mm, every decision was the right one of in terms of like which songs were used and also when. It was the when for me because I feel like sometimes musicals have this thing where it's like, why are we singing right now? Or why would you choose to put this here? And it never got to that point with this movie for me. I also enjoy that there are healthy gaps between the singing, but it's not too wide of a gap. There's action that happens that unfolds, but they manage to bring it all back with the music, you know, you know, you know. So you spend majority of this film singing along with them, but you don't mind because it's good. Things are good. Things are great. Um, a fun fact for those that didn't know, a lot of the actors on this, they sang live during filming some of their scenes, especially the actual performance scenes. Instead of just playing the recorded version over it like they usually do, they didn't sing the whole thing live because there's parts where people are running. And I know for a fact that they could not 
run and then also keep singing at that level not everyone is beyonce and that's honestly it's okay that's fine but i like that they sang live because you can hear them kind of breathing or gasping or just just human sounds and i like that because it adds an element of emotion to the music and i think it also makes it very normal that these people are just bursting out into song it's like yes we're having a conversation and now i'm going to start singing a love ballad to you it's super cash it's super norm you know love that i really liked everything about how this movie looks i have never been to greece hopefully i do get to go one day and live out my best mythology geek life everywhere i go but yes this movie felt like wonderful marketing for going to greece it felt like wonderful marketing for going to greece and falling in love with three three people and it just I, i like that it's visually stunning the whole time in every frame that they show us it is just bright and sunny and and wonderful it's just wonderful i was 12 years old thinking that i also want to live on a greek island and also possibly fall in love with three people it just it was just visually stunning there there's not much to point out in the outfits not to say that people would drive or whatever it made sense they were regular people oh wait the donna and the dynamo's outfits were fire can't can't say that they weren't those are amazing but there's a blue dress that donna wears the day of the wedding the morning of the wedding um during that time when she's helping sophie do her things and that was also just <sighs> when they sing sos i was like wow this dress fantastic I really liked how fun this movie was. Super fun. Over the years since it was released, we've seen and we've read a lot of behind the scenes content from like the cast or maybe the crew just reminiscing about how this was a fun summer job for them to do, which I get you're on an island, you're singing half of the time. and it's just it's fun content it's fun material to do and there's even there's some scenes where the actors drank a little before doing them just to like loosen up and you can kind of you 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 get the sense that the environment was freeing there's even clips from the cast parties that they, i think they had a rap party yes every every moment every clip every slippage we get it was just fun stuff that these people were experiencing and i want that fun stuff for everyone to experience at work maybe not to this level but you know what i mean and then last one because this is a lot of fights i like how the musical performances or the musical parts were sh- choreographed and shot they blew it out the park converting Broadway musicals to the screen it doesn't always mean that you want to take away from the 
grandness or the extraness of stage productions. Sometimes you want to keep that in. Sometimes you want to bring that into this realist state that you've created by making it a movie. And I love it. I want to see big singing numbers. I want to see crowds moving in synchronization, singing Dancing Queen. I just, I love, I love that it was also incorporated into the action and the comedy. Like, yes, people are randomly singing around you, but it doesn't stop what's happening and it adds to what's happening at the same time. I think I, I spoiled it a little, but my favorite song performance is when they're doing Dancing Queen because you can't see it, but I'm doing the Chef's Kiss thing again because it was perfect it was perfectly splendid perfectly splendid dislikes this is a pretty short list as you can see i'm in love with this movie but it's an important list because nothing is perfect and things always need criticism or always need criticism but you know what i mean i don't like how they treated rosie and harry harry for homophobic reasons that we touch on and then Rosie for desirability reasons they just both got the short end of the stick in terms of their characters and where their characters went and kind of the the, the journeys that they go on it, it wasn't it wasn't taken care of Lulu perfectly captured exactly what the problem was in in our interview with both of these characters and um i can i can go on but the gist of it is that i don't like it. i don't like what they did i don't think they cared enough about these people and it shows i'm not even child i'm not even gonna get into the use of straight actors for roles like this it's just boo you know, boo, 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 boo. I don't like, okay. I don't support what Sophie did completely. I don't even kind of support what she did halfway. Because, mm, guys, all my life, I say all my life, like it hasn't been a short eight-ish years. All my life, I've been watching this movie from kind of just an omnipresent purely observing third party kind of stunts that's where i was all these years like i was here to sing the songs nothing more nothing less i've never tried to watch this from sophie's point of view but recently i've been hearing donna's perspective more and guys this child stressed her this child literally invited stress into her life I because re- I, re- I had to rewatch it for this and in my rewatching I realized this and I went off on a rant to someone who has not was unfortunately not seen this movie so I just feel like my words were wasted on them and I thought why not share them with y'all people that if they haven't seen this movie you're gonna at least I have more faith in you but now okay I am quoting myself, but I'm paraphrasing a little because I said a lot of things. 
um, I said, what would possess a 20 year old woman to send a lot of ticket letters to potential fathers? Why couldn't she just ask her mother once she found the diary? And then I went on to say, fine. Maybe she shouldn't have told so maybe she should have, sorry, told Sophie about her father earlier. In her defense, no one knew and they both turned out pretty okay. I love this movie, but Sophia Pap. And that's on that. Like it that's all it took. Donna didn't need, nor did she deserve this surprise stress that was just uh, so uninvited so so uninvited like oh my goodness i don't i don't know if you guys can understand the the emotional stress of three of your exes some of them with issues that are so unresolved so untouched in the past 20 years for three of them to just show up at your house <clears throat> between this movie and to all the boys i'm destroying all written evidence that i was ever attracted to someone because no man gag no ways we've reached the end of the show <laughs> dun, dun, dun. My snaps are probably sold out. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we've reached the end of the show, and I haven't really made an Abba joke in a while. Shocking, really, but Danette is still young. Um, <laughs> I wanted to take the effort to find a perfect couple to fit this week's battle. And then I realized why waste my time trying to figure that out when I can use our very own episode subjects. Unfortunately, we cannot get the lovers' lovely opinions on air immediately. But now you can voice your opinions on this week's Who's Your Fave Battle? Here we go again edition. Yes, lovers. If Donna could change her mind, who would be the first in line? We've got Donna and Harry, pre-anything, of course, versus Donna and Bill, pre-I guess his Donna age, I guess. And then Donna and Sam, pre engagement scandal three couples one choice it's the three-way battle of the season Ew, oof, oof. wrong wrong phrasing but yes be sure to vote on our twitter poll at stone cupid and for a limited time only on our instagram poll at zamati shares go ahead and follow both accounts while you add it for more updates and more content lovers we've reached the end of the show literally now a huge massive 
Chikatita thank you to my little Chikatita, Lulu, for joining us today. Thank you for your words and your thoughts and your singing and <sighs> jokes that I might, I'm probably going to leave it. I'm probably going to leave it a majority of all the jokes we made. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your music and the songs that I'm singing. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, lovers, for joining us once again, my faithful, lovely bunch. On the note of having your lovely opinions on air, this is your one, two, three, three week reminder um, that our season finale is coming up. The way that my schedule looks right now, I have the finale pinned down for the 24th of September. I don't want to put that number in writing yet. I'm obviously, I'm, I'm have to tweet it because like, I don't know when people will reach this episode. But right now it seems that that will be going down on the 24th, which is great. I mean, y'all, y'all don't mind attending a space <laughs> during a public holiday. I will get more details and get more surety and then obviously update y'all as time goes remember that the movie that we're looking at is he's just not that into you available on netflix or maybe probably playing on studio universal because they love to play that movie over and over again thank you so much for joining us i see you next week i hope you have a lovely week Honestly, like from the deepest part of my soul, I hope you have a good week. We we deserve a good week, lovers. And I shall leave you with this motivational, empowering message to get you through a good week. You can dance. You can jive. Having the time of your life. See that girl? Watch that scene. You are the dancing queen. Bye.